0: Love Talk Radio. Are you great? It's time for the get
1: ready. Show the best in pro wrestling talk. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. It's like this is like the middle show, man. We're coming after the pay per view before Monday Night Raw. We're going to get you ready for Raw, recap last night's pay per view, and get you up to date with any breaking news over the next 90 minutes. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. 347 838 9815. That is the number to call tonight if you want to talk. Anything in the world of pro wrestling Get on over Facebook, Facebook Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show You want to check us out there Each and every week we have a show chat going on So right now, if you want to get on the Facebook And talk about, throw up your opinions About Night of Champions Match of the night, whatever Get over there on the Facebook Let us know what you're thinking And tonight, later on, during Monday Night Raw We'll have a show chat A Monday Night Raw chat, excuse me Going on Throughout the three hours of Monday Night Raw, you can also check us out on Twitter. Our handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. Again, our Twitter at the Ken Reedy Show, and of course, there is our website, thekenreedyshow.com. All sorts of good stuff on the website, as well as you know, you just listen to the show through the website. So go over there, check out thekenreedyshow.com. So many things going on that we got to discuss. As always, help me decipher, muddle through everything that's going on in the world of professional wrestling. Got my tag team partner on the line, Dave, is here. Dave, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm
2: doing pretty good. I'm ready to decipher what took place at last night's Night of Champions. And all you callers out there, I just want you all to know, you saw my post on Facebook uh, pumping up tonight's show. I want you guys to bring it tonight. I don't want any long-winded gibberish. I don't want any stuttering. I want you guys to bring it bring the noise let's go let's talk about night of champions
1: all right you know and before we there's a lot of there's a lot of good all right let me preface this by saying there's a lot of good that came out of night of champions last night and i'm looking forward to to talking about that because we did talk a lot about the, the bill being not so good and as much as we try to be kind of positive on the show we had to be honest and and been good the past few weeks i think there was a lot of good that came out of uh, night of Champions last night, but there's something I really got to get off my chest, and, and much like Dave a few weeks ago had had his rant about CM Punk, and then started out by, you know, saying that The opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the entire Ken Reedy show, I will start off my rant By saying the exact same thing, that uh, the opinions that I'm about to express are not necessarily the opinions Of all involved in the Ken Reedy show, but they happen to be my opinion, and Coming out of last night's pay per view, it was something that I really had to get off my chest, and I know, I know we've talked about it before, and we've talked about it in spurts here and there, and it, it came a point where last night, I'm, you know, I have to say, I have to give a little bit more than just a, a jab here and there, because bottom line, the commentary last night was absolutely atrocious. It, it was not just bad; it, it was god awful. And beyond that, it, it continues week in and week out to insult our intelligence. And and you know we we've seen some bad commentary, but last night really, for me at least, took the cake. And and this was just something I really needed to get off my chest tonight because over the course of of the years now, we've suffered through King's corny jokes, and it seems to be the same jokes over and over again jbl's nonsensical ramblings and cole continuing to prioritize everything but the action going on inside the ring and at this point as you continue to insult my intelligence as a wrestling fan i'm calling for change the commentary has to change and i look at last night and as as we hope and pray as wrestling fans that they somehow rekindle the importance, the prestige of the intercontinental title. We want it. Fans, we want it. And what do we get out of the commentary? No, we don't get the the calling of a match. We don't get uh, opinion. We don't get guys like JBL and Jerry the King Lawler giving historical references. No, they give us Florida-Georgia line on commentary. And the five of them talked about... Nothing to do with pro wrestling they never they they barely ventured into the in ring action as they discussed things. It was all about music and and honestly, the match was actually pretty good and we're going to get into that a little bit later on. Give me something give me some it's night of champions, and the intercontinental championship is on the line. Give me something on commentary and as we move forward in the in the night. And we get to the championship match, and we have a, a near cash-in. And Brock versus John Cena, a decent match as well. And as the match ends, we have Michael Cole exclaiming, Oh, but the thing we need to know is, was, was Brock about to tap out? Could it be that Brock was going to tap out? It was a pinning combination, you moron! I, I mean, it, I was it's driving me up a wall right now. That You watch this time and time again. And I get it. I get it's WWE. It's a multi-billion dollar company. I get it. I get the fact that you have to push the network for 9 a month. I get it that you need to push the app. I, I understand that. But remember this. We are wrestling fans. And ultimately, this is a wrestling show. And the commentating has just got to get better. And, and where I really have a problem with this is, you know, right now, I work... On the independent scene, I do commentary. And each and every show, I am like going on and on. I'm watching videos of the greats on YouTube. I, I study my craft, and I try to get better and better each time. Excuse me, I'm, I'm getting a little choked up. But each time I'm out there, I try to get better at what I do as a, as a commentator. I, I look around the indie scene, and I see guys out there like Dave Adams and Dave Show and PWS. Or Lenny Thomas, who's doing Dragon Gate. Jordan Snyder for FWE. Guys who are continuing to pound away to get better and better at their craft. Matt Stryker and Jim Ross, who for some reason aren't on TV. There are thousands, literally thousands of people out there that would kill to have that spot on TV. Who bust their ass day in and day out to get better. But Cole and JBL... Just slap us all in the face when they put that kind of crap on TV that they put last night. And to the greats out there, like the Gordon Soley's and the Gorilla Monsoon's, the Bobby Heenan's, the Jesse Ventura's, and Jim Ross, you spit in the face of those greats when you put out commentary like that. And I don't know. It, maybe it's Vince's philosophy on commentating. Maybe it's the skill set of the commentators themselves. More likely, it's probably a combination of the both. But I, as a fan, have gotten absolutely sick and tired of what we've been getting out of commentating. Commentating should make a bad match good, a good match great, and a great match historic. All the commentating has done in the WWE consistently for years now is detracted from the in-ring product, and quite frankly, I have had enough. At this point... The best thing about WWE commentating, as far as the commentating goes, is the mute button on my remote control. And that's all I got to say about that. I know it's a bit much, but it was something I just had to get off my chest. Again, the opinions expressed by me, not necessarily those by everyone involved in the Ken Reedy show there. I feel better. It was quite a catharsis, Dave. Got that off my chest. Um, I, you know, if you want... Um, I'll leave it. I'll, I'll give it off to you if you'd like to respond a little bit on the commentary, and then let's get into what we saw at Night of Champions.
2: I I I I feel your your uh, your, your frustration in, in some cases with the commentating, and I do agree with you. I think it's a combination of both. I think it's the skill of the commentators as well as the, uh, the 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 philosophy that Vince McMahon implements to them through the headset. Because Vince is still, you know, at the end of the day, the buck stops with him, and he's the one that's making the calls, you know, through the headset. Um, that's common knowledge. So, uh, with, with that being said, um, I mean, I do agree with you. I, I thought the, I thought the intercontinental, you know, why don't we just get into the intercontinental title match? I thought it was a good match. Um, I, I thought that the match was, was good enough that it didn't save the commentating, but it, 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 it made me think about it less. Let's just put it that way. Because they could have done. They, they could have handled the, the the Florida Georgia line situation a little bit differently. They they could have, you know, aired a vignette with the with with the guys saying that they're gonna, you know, be a part of you know tribute to the troops, or they could have had them come out to the ring and announce it, and then have you know Miz and Sandow come out, and that's where you begin the beef with the two of them to maybe set up later for the spot that they did where they chased uh, Sandow off. Um, I just didn't think it was necessary to have five guys on commentary for a match. And like you said earlier, we talked about it last night's show. We talked about it in recent weeks. The build had been lackluster for United Champions. And you have an opportunity to to save it in some regards with the commentating in this match on the pay-per-view, which is what people pay money to, 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 to get the end result of what you've been building up on weeks on TV. And they missed the opportunity and missed the boat because of something that they wanted to promote. Um, you know, it's a shame. I think that, you know, the commentating can be better. It has the potential to be better. I think as much as I used to like JBL, um, and you know, with Michael Cole when they were just strictly on SmackDown years ago, um, I think he hasn't gotten better. He's gotten much worse. Uh, and I think Lawler is kind of losing his touch as far as I'm concerned. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, a bad guy Jerry Lawler, to be quite honest with you, because that's when he was at the most entertaining now he's very, you know, you know, good guy, commentator, and just kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe it's his age showing. I don't know, but they, they do need to kind of shake things up a bit. I mean, I listen, you know, I watch NXT regularly on the network, and uh, the, the commentating is like night and day. I mean, I think one of our callers mentioned it before. You know, they focus on the match. They focus on the talent in the match. They're not out to promote the main event that's going to take place later in the evening all throughout the entire match. Or the app, or the network, or whatever it is. Um, I understand times are different in wrestling, but you know, in order for you to get invested in the characters that are in the ring and the guys that are performing, you need to focus on them when they're on the TV because I think it does a disservice to the talent. Um,
1: and that's really all I've got to say about that situation.
2: Um, but I, 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 I do feel your pain, Ken, when it comes to the commentator.
1: And also, I mean, you bring up some, some real good points with the commentator. Maybe it's just time for some new blood. Um... You know, I I mean, you know, more and more, like when I watched Lawler, I mean, and again, I used to like Lawler, too, and maybe it was just that Jim Ross was carrying him, and now you kind of see the holes in his game. It's just, but, you know, something's got to change, and and you're right, we've seen flashes of good stuff from them. Again, I thought Cole did a hell of a job last year at Extreme Rules, but uh, the the bad clearly outweighs the good on commentary, and I got really, I just got very frustrated last night, And, and honestly, I mean, that's really the only thing that frustrated me last night, and Getting into the pay-per-view as a whole I thought it was a pretty solid pay-per-view um, I, You know, I don't think we really had a, I mean, maybe You could call Rusev and Henry a clunker uh, I, I I wasn't impressed With that match, but all in all I thought most of the matches were At least entertaining um, You know, maybe the Divas Match dragged a little bit at times uh, but, but I thought you got A, a solid a Three-hour show Um You know, I thought it was a real good, uh, you know, bang for your buck, so to speak. Uh, I did think the ice title match was a a decent match, Uh, again, which, uh, you know, and and one of the things I really liked, and that's the thing that kind of really got under my skin with with the commentary, was, like, the the little video vignette or or package or whatever you want to call it before each match where they showed, like, you know, pictures coming forward of, like, uh, past great champions that had that belt uh, before the match. It was just... It was cool because, you know, again, th- those secondary titles are not quite there as far as the prestige goes. But at least for last night, they kind of gave it a little bit of, a, of an oomph with the, those, those pictures scrolling before each match. So I thought, I thought that was cool. I thought the pay-per-view was, was solid as, as a whole. And, and one thing I thought, Dave, you know, we can go back and forth and debate, you know, and I, I think we'd be splitting hairs. But the two of us last night, you know, we do our pay-per-view pregame shows and we do that each and every uh, pay-per-view Sunday from 6 to 8 o'clock to get you ready for WWE pay-per-views, we, we do a prediction on what's going to be the show stealer of the night, what's going to be the, the match that will steal the show. And, uh, you know, we, we differed last night, but I think we'd kind of be splitting hairs if we sit here and debate uh, which one um, should win match of the night because you picked the tag title match, I picked Sheamus, Cesaro, I think they were both great matches and you can make a case for both matches uh, being the show stealer.
2: Yes, you can make a case for both matches. I mean, the the, the Usos and uh, Goldust and Stardust, like I said last night, they've worked together in the past and the Usos have always delivered. That's why they put them in a lot of the opening matches on pay-per-views of uh, this past year. They opened up WrestleMania. They like I say, they always deliver. They bring an exciting matchup. and working working with just about anybody they have um uh, really great matches. And last night was no different than you know than any other match. The, and the the story was, you know, was told properly in my opinion. I think that the Usos needed to step away from the titles. And I think them chasing the titles is a better story. And I think it also added a different layer and a dimension to the Goldust and Stardust character as a team, because I think they kind of needed that. I think it was in kind of limbo and having the championships helps them and add different dimension to the characters. And, the, and all guys, all four guys busted their ass in that match. And same can be said for the United States championship match. I said last night too, that the chemistry that Sheamus and Cesaro have, they're very rough physical matches, and to, to most wrestling fans and WWE fans out there, I don't think that they felt Cesaro stood a chance, but Sheamus brings the best out of him, in my opinion, um, and you, you saw that last night in, the, in the, some of the stuff that they were doing in their match, and I was really pulling for Cesaro, I was like a kid all over again, like, I want my guy to win because I like him and I like what he brings to, to, to the table and brings in the ring. And the stuff he did with Sheamus was pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I'm honest to God. I'm begging for a rematch at the next pay per view because it was that good. And uh, you know, to me, Cesaro didn't lose anything last night, other than the match itself. Didn't lose anything as far as his stock goes and his character goes moving forward in storylines because he 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 brought it to Sheamus.
1: Oh, I agree. I mean, the the loss didn't, doesn't hurt. In fact, the match being as good as it was, I mean, I, I think Cesaro gained a lot last night, uh, e- even in the loss. Um, and I agree with you. I mean, I, I want to see these guys uh, again and again. I, I I hope they get in a, some sort of backstage brawl tonight. I hope they set up the next pay per view. I, I want to see these guys uh, go at it. I you know, so you know, there are times in wrestling where you know a guy might be great or maybe he's mediocre or maybe he sucks but he finds that guy that he has a uh, great in-ring chemistry with and and these two they got it i mean they really work well off each other um some really cool spots and uh you know like we talked uh last night about going into this matchup a lot of um a lot of cool strength moves and a lot of really stiff shots throughout the night and uh you know it, it's it's interesting because you know when you look at the two of them and, and and Sheamus clearly looks uh, Physically superior um, And he's a brawler, so to speak um, But man, like over and over again, Dave I just continue To be amazed at uh, Just the way Cesaro is able to com- Combine His absolute Freakish strength And his athleticism The, the combination of you know, because a lot of times in, in in wrestling, you got guys like you got your Shawn Michaels and your Bret Hart's of the world that were the, you know, the the uh, the guys you know the, the the smooth athletic wrestling types, even the, the Daniel Bryan's, you know, the athletic types, the guys you you want to see like all over the ring, whatever. And then you have your strength guys, your your Hogan's, your John Cena's, that uh, they wow you with their strength moves. Uh, Cesaro is one of those unique uh, talents that. He he has both. Um it, it's pretty amazing to watch this guy operate and again we've been on the bandwagon for uh a long time with Cesaro. Hopefully this is the beginning of great things for him, but uh love that match. Um what you talked about with the tag team title match, yeah, I like the Usos in pursuit. Uh this gives the the Dust Brothers uh a little bit of, of uh you know, adds to their character. Um well, I don't know if you caught this, Dave, but I thought it was kind of funny that it's almost like they're, they're using, like, Dust as their last name now. Did you notice that, like, like the graphic was gold and stardust? It wasn't gold dust I, and stardust. It, it was as if Dust is now their last name.
2: Yeah, I, I've noticed that they've started doing that in, in you know the past few weeks on television on, on, on SmackDown, and I think that's just their attempt to Shorten things so they don't say gold dust and Stardust, and or if they say it too fast and you know it tongue ties some of these announcers because of course we just spoke about the,
1: the lackluster don't commentary. they not make, make things any more difficult for them.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I think that's I think that's part of part of it in in, in in doing that. But um yeah, that's just my opinion as far as the the pronunciation or how they promote them. I think to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind seeing giving them like a tag team name. You know, you don't see too many names of teams anymore, you know. You have Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. They represent the Wyatt family, but sometimes they don't refer to him as the Wyatt. They refer to him in the graphics as Rowan and Harper when they promote, you know, a match on a screen. You don't see. Team names used to be like a big thing back in wrestling and tag team. You had the Hart Foundation, the Killer Bees, Demolition, the Road Warriors, the Rockers, the Brain Busters. The fabulous Rougeau brothers, Strike Force. I mean, the, you know, the, the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys. The list goes on and on. Now, you, sometimes they just kind of put two guys together and they don't give them a name. Like, it'd be cool maybe if they came up with a name with, with, with Gold Dust and Stardust. Maybe they called the brothers Dust or something. I mean, I don't
1: know. I just think it would be cool if they added that to their uh, to their persona. Oh, dust in the Wind. Um, but, I, yeah, I mean, again, we're, I think we're splitting hairs. And, uh, um, you know, I mean, we could go back and forth and 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 argue and debate it, but I I, I think both those matches uh, definitely uh, match of the night uh, candidates. Uh, interesting stuff on the Facebook, and that's Facebook dot com slash the Ken Reidy Show. Our friend Mike uh, said he thought that Sheamus and Cesaro was the match of the night, and and added a little bonus. I thought the Divas match sucks. So, you know, he he went both sides of the spectrum there. What I found interesting actually on that same thread, our, our friend Steve. Um, posted if all the belts were on the line, why wasn't the NXT belts defended? And I, I thought that was an interesting point, and I get not not putting all the NXT title because then it might just get ridiculous and we're gonna have an eight hour pay per view. But you know what? It's not a bad idea from Steve to have an NXT title defended on the pre show for Night of Champions.
2: You know what that that was I saw that earlier that's actually not a bad idea if they just made it like a a pre-show match. But if you remember, you know, going back a few years, um, when they decided to do this Night of Champions concept, you know, it was when Raw and SmackDown and there was a brand split, and they, each brand had like five titles to begin with. So you had ten title matches, and every match was a title match on the pay-per-view, and it just watered down the concept of championship matches. So I, I kind of like that they that they added, you know, um, regular singles matches that weren't for titles. But what I think would be cool to really add to the prestige of the night of champions pay-per-view, one of those is, yes, maybe having an NXT championship defend on the pre-show, but also, too, maybe even doing some sort of number one contenders match for a championship shot or even adding more importance to the money in the bank briefcase and having that money in the bank holder, if they're still holding the briefcase, defend the briefcase as it is a championship to to, to show the importance of that gimmick and that, um, you know, Money in the Bank briefcase. I think that would add to the, the prestige of Knight of Champions because just, you know, announcing a few title matches and then putting graphics up of, you know, uh, former champions, you know, heading into the match, I don't think is enough. I mean, if they were to incorporate the history of these championships in the build up towards Night of Champions, I think it would make for a much more interesting and much more enjoyable
3: pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, all but all in all, I mean, Dave, as, as far as, like, you know, the overview and, and the pay-per-view as a whole, I, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I wouldn't go as far as, you know, giving it an A. You know, we do that on the Facebook all the time, grading raw and then pay-per-views and everything. But I, I think you'd giving it a solid B go as low as a B minus, but I I think it's a solid B. What would you think of the pay-per-view overall?
2: Overall, like you said earlier, there wasn't really like a clunker on the show. It was, for the most part, every match was was good. Um, I would have to give it a B, yeah. I mean, some of the finishes made sense, um, or most of the finishes made sense for the most part, and uh, I mean, you also got to take into account the audience. The crowd was into it, too, and You know, we had that that non-wrestling segment with, you know, the return of Dean Ambrose, which we'll discuss later, which was a nice touch to the pay-per-view. So, uh, overall, yeah, I'd give it a B. And there isn't any match-of-the-year contenders on that show, but it was was a good pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, I think the only, I mean, you have obviously the Divas match, and uh, the only match, I mean, I wasn't, maybe it's just my expectations, I wasn't crazy about uh, the Rusev-Henry match, so, you know, it's don't far to say it was a clunker um you know they just say uh, you know i had higher expectations man i'm just i'm never going to get my feel good american moment i just every pay per view i'm just picking my feel good american moment so we'll see what happens but uh yeah overall i just thought it was a really solid uh pay per view you know it was a pay per view that kind of you know for you and i dave it kind of knocked us a bit on our asses as far as uh our picks go cuz generally we're pretty good in every uh If you're first tuning into the show tonight when we do our pre-shows for pay-per-views, we give you our picks. and uh, Wow, man. I mean, you got three right and I got two right. So, not not our best night of picks as far as going through the pay-per-view. But I kind of like that. I like when, as much as it bruises my ego to get them wrong, I kind of like that they kind of surprised me. And where I thought the matches were going, uh, they didn't go that way. So... Um, it's funny because as much as you know you like picking things and you like getting them right, I'm almost happier um, probably because I don't have any money riding on it. But when when I get them wrong, because to me they kind of they surprise me because you and I know Dave, we've watched this stuff for a long time, and, and a lot of times you can just totally tell what direction they're going in. Uh, some twists and turns last night. Yeah, a few twists and
2: turns. I was kind of surprised by the uh, the, the the finish at uh, Miz regaining the Intercontinental title. I was actually kind of surprised last month that he lost it in the first place. I thought that, you know, they were going to bring, you know, some prestige back to the title like we have thought for the past decade or so, that they were going to bring some prestige back to a mid-card championship by having somebody hold the title for a longer period of time. But, um, you know, needless to say, it was a good match. Kind of surprised me. But I guess they're still going to keep this Dolph Ziggler-Miz thing going flip-flop the belts, you know, a little bit until they decide what they want to do as a finality to that storyline. So, uh, that was surprising to me. And um, the Divas match, I was kind of surprised by the finish. As much as I, you know, I said that Paige would be better off keeping the title, you know, in my prediction and that's why I predicted her to to win the title. I wouldn't have been surprised if Nikki Bella won, but I didn't think AJ was going to win. I mean, she comes back, she wins it, then she loses it, then she wins it again and it, it I don't know what they're what what kind of trend they're trying to set with with having the titles go back and forth um between people uh, as of late but that kind of took me for a loop. Yeah,
1: it was funny, right? We 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 differed on that match as far as our picks. You went with Paige, I went with Nikki and we both got it wrong. Um Yeah, yeah I guess like for both of us I mean, you know, AJ was, was Really so and I agree with you like and I'm kind of curious where they're going I mean it's interesting because I do think out of the the three in the ring uh that night that AJ's the most talented um you know I just thought storyline wise they'd go with Nikki so uh interesting stuff uh again not our best night of picks we'll redeem ourselves when it comes to Hell in a Cell Three four seven eight three that is the number to call we got some people who have patiently been waiting on hold we're going to get to you in just a little bit right after the break because now it is time. You know it each and every week on Monday. It's time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. That's right. You heard the man.
2: You know it. And now I'm here to show it. This is the Day 5 News Report. Only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night here at the Ken Reedy Show. We begin tonight's Day 5 by reporting on the ongoing trend of contracts, Over in
3: TNA
2: Wrestling. This week, the expiring contracts of Austin Aries, former X Division champion, world champion, and tag team champion, as well as former knockouts champion Gail Kim, have come to an end. As of right now, both individuals have not resigned new deals. Proof is in the pudding, as TNA did not advertise both stars for the upcoming Bound for Glory pay per view next month in Tokyo, Japan. It was believed by most in TNA that both individuals finished their contractual obligations at last week's television taping from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. In more contract news this week, figure 4 com reports that former TNA star, the icon Sting, who has been in the headlines this year in regards to his wrestling future, has still not signed a wrestling contract with WWE. He has, however, a merchandise and licensing deal in place for his involvement in the upcoming WWE 2K15 video game, among other things. WWE officials are confident that a wrestling contract will be finalized by both sides in time for Sting to perform at WrestleMania 31 from Santa Clara, California, next spring. As we, as we continue the theme of contractual affairs, the clock struck midnight last night, and the time was up on the contract of TNA superstar Kurt Angle. Angle had recently stated publicly that an an announcement would be coming soon in regards to his contract status and where he will end up wrestling in his final run as an active in-ring performer. As of this writing, no announcement of the kind has been made by Angle, despite publicly stating his desire to return to the company that made him into a household name, WWE. Speaking of WrestleMania 31, news broke last week of a possible in-ring return at the granddaddy of them all by 2009 WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin. WWE had plugged Austin's podcast on last week's Monday Night Raw telecast, which ignited the rumors of an in-ring return. Reports have surfaced that both sides have reached an agreement to promote for one another. Austin will plug the WWE Network on his podcast, and in return, WWE will plug his podcast on WWE programming. There has, however, been rumblings of an Austin in-ring return when the Wrestling Observer reported that WWE officials sent a memo out to the merchandise department to begin production on brand-new Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirts. Austin allegedly has been training hard for a possible return but it's publicly stated recently to Sam Roberts on SiriusXM XM Radio that he doesn't have a strong desire to return unless money and creative plans were right for him. And our final story this week, and a follow-up story from last week, Figure4WrestlingOnline.com reports that two-time WWE Hall of Famer Nature Boy Ric Flair woo! was officially released from the hospital over the weekend. Reports out say Flair underwent two hernia surgeries and also experienced intestinal issues, which required an additional surgery. Flair allegedly lost a lot of weight during this whole ordeal and will now not be cleared to return to television for at least six weeks. Nonetheless, all signs going forward point to a successful recovery by Slick Rick. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report. Only heard top of the hour every single Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, take it away.
1: Interesting, man. Seeing that uh, Kurt Angle's contract expires coincidentally right now on the WWE Network. Smackdown from 2003. Undertaker versus Kurt Angle in a championship match is playing right now. And, There was a meme circulating on Facebook yesterday that had a picture of Kurt Angle that said, Swagger failed, Henry failed, there's only one person left for the job. Oh, it's true. So, I don't know if he's the right guy to dethrone a Rusev. However, are we looking at potentially a run from Kurt Angle? Do you think the WWE, I mean, Dave, do you think the WWE makes a run at bringing Kurt Angle in? Um, I don't know. I mean,
2: you know, I hate to use the cliche term that, that's been beaten to death, but if it's best for business, I don't see why not. I mean, um, there's been reports out that he couldn't pass a drug test right now. Or he could. I'm sorry, not a drug test, but a physical. And uh, so WWE might not take a look at him. If he were to be signed by WWE, it would be for... A a, a coaching contract down in the NXT developmental territory. Uh, So, I mean, there's fresh matchups that would be intriguing if you brought him in, Uh, maybe with a Brock Lesnar, maybe with a John Cena, a Daniel Bryan. You know, the the list goes on and on. But Angle has expressed desire to work in a part-time capacity, uh, a la you know Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, those kinds of contracts. And I don't think WWE. Wants to uh, you know grant him that wish to come back and work on a short term basis, and the other thing too is you know Angle left back in 2006 uh, you know pretty abruptly and just jump ship over to TNA and kind of burned a bridge with the WWE at the time. So and they never forget when a bridge has been burned, um, when a talent leaves. So uh, I mean it's a toss up. It doesn't surprise me if he were to come back. I mean. You never say never in wrestling, and especially with, you know, other guys that have had bad falling outs with WWE. Um, I just, it wouldn't surprise me if he were to come back. I mean, we can name, you know, Hogan, Bruno Sammartino. The names go on and on. Every time somebody has burned Vince or left Vince to go do something else and compete against him, Vince has always brought them back because it's best for business. So Kurt Angle coming back wouldn't be a shocker, but I'm not holding out on it until I
1: officially see it. You know, it's funny, man. I guess it's not funny. And in, in all seriousness, uh, you know, the one thing about Kurt Angle that scares me as a fan, if there was ever one guy in my lifetime that I could, you know, I hate to say this, but, like, I could see him dying in the ring. Uh, you know, the health issues he's had over the years are legendary. Um, his his body, and for how amazing he continued to be in the ring, uh just just a, a, a beat up body. Um you know, as much as I'd like to see like you know, it's it's Because I go back and forth, like my my humanitarian side just wants to see him hang it up. Uh my wrestling fan side uh would love to see him have uh, one last run in the WWE. But who knows remains to be seen. But interesting uh, contractual stuff obviously going on in TNA. Let's go out to the phones and get some people on hold. Three four seven eight three eight. Nine eight one five. That is the number to call, and we will start off with one, Mister Tivier. <laughs> <Mr>. Mister Tribute, how you doing tonight? Hey guys, how you doing? Doing all right. You got uh, a little, little bit of a sore throat there? Yeah, a
4: little bit. We're just uh, getting a little bit better. But uh, talking about um, Night of Champions, I agree with you guys. I give it like a solid B minus. I was surprised at the endings of a couple matches. I thought Dolph Ziggler would win and. You know, I only had three right myself, but uh, I was pretty surprised at uh, Miz, because now we get to listen to him gloat on Monday Night Raw again, which is what you do. But uh, one thing is to Brock Lesnar, I mean, not only only did um, Seth Rollins, you know, he interfered in the match, and I think not only he pissed off John Cena, he kind of pissed off Brock Lesnar a little bit, too, and I don't know. I I don't see anybody right now beating Brock Lesnar. I mean, I was talking to um, Mr. Rosenbluth earlier, and you know, maybe maybe I'd like to see uh, Brock Lesnar and Rusev. How do you think that match would come out if they ever if they ever throw it together?
1: You know, I I mean, you know, player for player. I mean, you look at the two guys, and theoretically, physically, yeah, that would be a hell of a match. However, I I think they're still hell bent on promoting both of them as as monster heels, and as you know, I, the anti-American gimmick always works, and and I I would think that Brock Lesnar would get a, the lion's share of cheers in that match, and I I don't think they're quite ready to turn Lesnar face at this time. So, I suppose I think the match would be pretty cool. I, I don't know. I'd be surprised if they went in that direction. What do you think, Dave? Well, uh, what
2: I'm, I'm trying to figure what kind
4: of racket is going on. The ticket ticket, the one the best going yeah, what out. is that? What's that? Oh, uh, you keep hearing noise, noise in the wait, background. Wait, wait, Sounds like oh, a light. No. No, it's just uh, I don't know. Maybe I get, maybe I got my uh, chatter box a little too loud Let me turn it down, there, guys. I apologize for that.
1: No problem. Okay. What, what are your thoughts, Dave? On Rusev, Brock. It
2: would it would have to to be quite honest with you. I agree with you, Ken. They, they they're trying to build both guys up as monsters, and uh, you know the anti-American gimmick does work. However, um, you know I don't think Rusev is on that level just yet. I mean, it would to me Brock Lesnar is such a big name. You throw a guy like Rusev in there. You have to turn Rusev's face in order for it to make some kind of sense right now, but I don't think Rusev is on that level just yet. He's got to be a, he's got to beat quite a few big names to to go toe to toe with Brock Lesnar for 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 some fans
4: to make it believable. Yeah, now that uh, Roman Reigns is going to be out for a little while, I mean, what's going to uh, what are they going to end up doing with with Brock? I mean, I don't think they're going to give uh, Cena another match, even though. Uh, last night ended the way it ended, and I think Rollins is going to be the new feud for John Cena, but I mean, do you guys see anybody else maybe stepping up to face Brock Lesnar?
1: What do you think, Dave? Um, I
2: Unfortunately, I, I mean, I talked about it on the show last night. Um, there aren't any dates Lesnar scheduled for moving forward for the rest of the year that have been advertised, although I saw a report this morning that he was advertised for the final SmackDown taping heading into Hell in a Cell, um, but then he was taken off that advertisement. So I don't know if they had plans, if they're if they're thinking about having him here that pay per view. Part of me thinks that they might have Lesnar and Cena go at it in Hell in a Cell because of the finish last night that someone got involved uh, with Rollins. If not, if that's not the you know if that's not the case, if they don't want to go Cena. And uh, Lesnar again, but they still want to, you know, use Lesnar to defend the championship. I'm, I'm going out on the limb here, but I think considering <clears> the way, you know, the the Randy Orton Chris Jericho match played out last night, I think Orton is they're trying to position him to be a top contender for Lesnar's title. I mean, the the more it's, it's lackluster that build up was going into that match, the end result was Orton wanted. You know, to prove that he can do this on his own without the authority, he can, you know, beat Jericho by himself without help, and he did it in convincing fashion. <clears throat>
4: so
2: maybe that will set him up for a title
4: match with Brock Lesnar down the line. Yeah, I, I, I could, uh, I could see that happening. One more thing, guys, uh, Ken and Dave. Uh, a couple years ago, if I remember correctly, they had, uh, they had a match where. Um, I guess the Money in the Bank contract was on the line for a match. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. And who, um, who, was, who was in it? Oh, I, um, I don't know. I, for some reason, it just popped into my head because I was thinking about if, if if Roman if um Seth Rollins might be a new feud for John Cena. Maybe John Cena would want to go against Seth Rollins and have Rollins put the Money in the Bank contract on the line. Now that you think now that now that you mention it, I, I do remember. I think it was Ziggler and
2: Cena in a ladder match um, when Ziggler was the Money in the Bank briefcase holder, and that was when AJ had turned on John Cena and joined up with Dolph Ziggler. If I remember correctly, that was the last time I remember the briefcase being on the line in
4: a match. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe they might uh, do something with that, but. Uh... Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Once to get another great show, and hopefully we'll have a good Monday Night Raw tonight. And uh, we'll talk to you
1: later. Thanks, Mister. Feel All right, better. Guys.
4: Yep, bye bye.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's funny because like the internet, I- I'm sure like it was one of those things. Like the internet panicked, and 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 you know, and on some levels, rightfully so. Um, you know, Seth Rollins getting in a program with with John Cena. Um, I-, I still think they're high on him, and I still think that the risk is minimal. <laughs> as far as uh, Seth Rollins perhaps losing uh, his money in the bank. But it would not shock me uh, going forward, uh, depending on what direction I'm going to go in. And there's a big question mark now with Brock and who goes against Brock. But it wouldn't shock me at some point if we see that briefcase on the line between Rollins and Cena. No, it
2: wouldn't. But you also got to remember, too, and and I, I think now is probably a good time as ever to discuss it, Dean Ambrose returned last night, and Dean Ambrose, quite honestly, got the biggest pop of the evening um, by re- by returning. I mean, that that crowd exploded. And then when he came out, it got even it, the, his reaction got even bigger. And he's still got some unfinished business with Seth Rollins. So um, before you know Rollins gets involved with Cena, I think he's going to have to address you know they're going to have to address the issues with Rollins and Ambrose. And uh, you know, Hell in a Cell coming up. I said it last night, and I'll say it again: the perfect the perfect opportunity to, to blow that feud off would be for uh Rollins and Ambrose to compete inside Hell in the Cell. If they're not gonna I'll go on a limb
4: and say this. If they're not gonna do
2: have a Lesnar title match, they should kind of shake things up a bit and and really give people the bang for their buck for nine ninety nine and have Rollins and Ambrose headline the Hell in the Cell pay per view as the last match on the show. Because that's been the most consistent, most entertaining feud the second half of 2014 in wwe and i think a good payoff like hell in the cell makes sense for that rivalry
1: i you know i would agree i mean that would be a great way to shake things up i mean why not you know and i i think it would you know it's the best rivalry going like you said probably the best rivalry of the latter half of the year why not go in that direction three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call we're talking night of champions getting you ready for monday night raw tonight lots of questions Going into Raw, and it's interesting because all the different uh, permutations we come up with. The uh, the biggest question mark, it seems, is what's next for Brock Lesnar. And let's go back out to the phones. So we got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening?
0: Hey guys, I disagree um, with the fact. I disagree with that statement only because I think the 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 best rivalry so far is definitely Brock Lesnar versus Cena.
1: Okay, I mean it's it's uh, to me it's it's a candidate. I, I would probably I'd probably still lean towards Ambrose and uh and Rollins, but I ain't mad at you. I think it's been a, a real solid rivalry. There's some history there. Uh, there's uh, some visceral hatred between the two, so uh, it's been it's been a good rivalry. Um, no, and and
0: and Dean, and Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins rivalry has been really good too. So it's uh, it's it's very. Close it's up there, John Cena came out last night swinging, and that's what we needed him to do. um He was giving attitude adjustments, he was doing everything he had to do to Brock Lesnar every time you turned around. Cena had um Brock Lesnar close to tapping out, and then <laughs> and then here- here comes uh you know here comes Seth Rollins looks like he's gonna cash in John Cena stops him. Brock Lesnar takes his frustrations out on on um, Cena, which makes me believe that hell in the cell we're going to see John Cena
1: versus Brock Lesnar. Uh yeah, I mean we may very well. I, you know, I mean I'm not the biggest fan of having the same match main event uh, three pay per views in a row, but that's definitely a possibility. And the, the two of them put on a decent show. And if I did as much as I ragged on the commentary, the one good thing I did like is at the end when Lesnar got up and went after Cena. Um, after all that happened, um, he did. You know, Michael Cole pointed out, well, "What kind of a beast is he?" All the punishment he took, and he was still able to get up and, and go after Cena after the match was over. So I thought that helped to uh, continue to sell Lesnar as an absolute beast. Um, I agree with you. I would not. It would not shock me at all if, that, if that's the the main event. I think it's a safe choice, the safe main event for Hell in a Cell. Um, again, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I'm a fan of the same match three pay-per-views in a row, but uh, it's it's obviously a distinct possibility. And in all honesty, Mike, if I was a betting man and I actually had to put money down on what I thought I'd see at Hell in a Cell, I, I'd bet that's what we're going to see.
0: Yeah, three um, three great matches last night. First ma- first match being um, Cesaro. Um, definitely a great match with Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, Randy Orton was my number two. Randy Orton and Jericho, they both look great. And definitely Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. So those were my my three great um, matches. Dave, what do you think about possibly Brock Lesnar versus John Cena, Hell in the Cell?
2: I think it's very possible considering the, the, the uh... The scenario that played out at the end of that match last night with the interference and Cena not getting a fair shot at a rematch, that's kind of what they've leaned towards. Um, You know, Mr. Trivia brought up a great point. Rollins had pissed off Lesnar, he pissed off Cena, and, you know, he also has uh, Ambrose trailing him. So he's kind of on a, an island unto himself Um so I, I have a feeling that that's the direction that they are going to go in. Lesnar and Cena inside Hell in a Cell, and I think that will that that match will really sh- like add another dimension of brutality that Brock Lesnar brings um, with with that character. So I, I definitely see it happening. Uh, it's not the first time that Hell in a Cell would feature more than just one Hell in a Cell match. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's announced this evening. They have five weeks until the next pay per view. To build it so let's hope they don't uh, As Ken would say screw the pooch On the build up (laughs) heading towards uh, Hell in the cell Disappointing
0: disappointing match of the Night last night for me with the Divas Match what do you guys think
1: You know it's tough for me To say I was disappointed because I really I mean disappointment Comes from expectation And like I was disappointed In the Henry Rusev because I had high Expectations for that match Um Jesus, I expect nothing out of the Divas. I mean, it might another be horrible. Another night that
0: Ken, another night that Ken didn't get to go. USA, USA, and oh. pick his producer up and throw her up in the air and
1: chant USA. But uh, you know I, you know I thought it was. I thought the Divas match was an okay match. Um, you know, again, it wasn't great, but I had such low expectations. Um, I, I thought it was okay. It surprised me. Um, AJ winning, but uh. I don't know, Dave, like the the word disappointment. I mean, were you disappointed in the Divas match? No, it was what yeah. I expected. Oh, oh, sorry. Go
2: ahead. It was what I expected. I mean, it was a, it was a good effort from all three, and they they seemed to gel pretty well and it, it it told a good story. I mean, I wasn't disappointed in the match itself. I mean, um, I was disappointed in the finish that I didn't get my prediction right, but other than that, the the, the girls worked hard and it wasn't a bad match like I said last night. The girls' matches, you know, far and away, have been much better, um, you know, in the past couple of years than they have been in over a decade. So, um, since you know Lita and Trish Stratus have walked away, so I, I, it's it's a step in the right direction for the girls' matches. And so, I wasn't disappointed at all in the in-ring quality of the match.
1: I gotta I mean, ask that, something yeah.
0: like I'm like, you, you, Mike,
1: me. you you had you had Orton uh Jericho up there and I thought that match was, was a great match. But I gotta ask and I you too, Dave, was it just me or did it it seemed like it took Jericho about an hour and a half to get up to that top rope. Like when he was getting up there, I'm like, All right, this is an RK off the top rope. I mean Randy's done that before. I think it's a cool move. It didn't surprise me even a little bit last night. i did, Jericho seemed to take forever to get up there and jump off that top rope. So as much as I I, I thought the match was really a, a great match uh, for, a, for a program that was kind of thrown together, um, that last spot I was kind of, uh, I don't know, what would you guys think?
0: He was winded. He was winded. You know, I mean, that's what I think. I think he took too long because he was just out of breath and he, it was it was he was winded. And that's when the living room pop began because when Orton did that, um my niece Adriana, a big Randy Orton fan. Um she was happy. But go ahead Dave, what do you think? It was a good match. Um wasn't great, but it was a good match and I
2: I I don't I don't think Jericho was winded as much as I think timing was off. Um he took a while to get up to the top rope and Orton took a while to turn around. And uh, I just don't think the timing was there, but um, and the, the, the finish looked cool. Yes, I knew it was kind of coming. I think I said it at one point before Jericho leaped. It, oh, I think it's going to lead to an RKO. Once it did, you knew that was the finish right there. You you, you couldn't kick out of that. If you did, you do disservice to the the, the move itself. So, um, but it also did its job in telling the story. Like I mentioned earlier, Orton needed to prove that he could do this on his own. And he doesn't need help from the authority to get stuff done, and he did it in convincing fashion over Jericho. So, so sto- story told. It served its purpose.
0: Yeah, no cane last night, um, you know, and uh, and no Bree Bellow, like I predicted. I thought Bree was going to interfere in the Divas match like I predicted. Um, you know, now to my next topic, which I wanted to talk about Bret Hart for a second. Last, you know, t- tonight. Um, not tonight. Uh, what do you call? It? I want to talk about Bret Hart. Like I said, Bret Hart to me. I was watching the Monday Night Wars, and they talk about Bret Hart, and they have a whole chapter just for him. What? Did, what did you guys think about when when you heard that Bret was going to WCW?
1: Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's funny cause I and we we've done this segment. I guess we'll do in the segment. What did you watch on the WWE Network this week? I watched that, so and I know you. Oh, okay, you good. All right. You posted something, so I was like, let me make sure I watch this this part to, uh, you know, so I'm I'm up to to date on everything. Um, I honestly, at the time when I knew he was going over uh, before I saw him on WCW, I thought it was over for WWE. I really did. I thought that was it. I thought bringing him over. Uh, was was a, a great business move I mean, Brett was huge um, You know, great talent And, uh, you know I, I just think, you know You hear both sides of it and I, and I think that there was really a combination of both I think, you know, Brett didn't want to go to WCW And and perhaps You know His heart not being into it uh, Kind of reflected in, in his work To a certain extent You know, he just seemed a little apathetic and And I think consequently at the same time WCW it was almost like we we never thought what we would do with Brett we just wanted to get Brett you know and it was it was kind of a weird you know it was almost like you know a baseball team having an, an all-star first baseman and and then going out and signing another all-star first baseman and then thinking all right let let's try him out in center field you know it just it just it, it never really seemed to Work in WCW, so I guess to answer your question, when I heard he was going, I thought that was it I thought WCW was was going to reign supreme, and uh, uh, it it honestly was was quite the opposite, Dave Yeah
2: When I found out about him leaving, um, I didn't find out until like a day or two before the the pay-per-view with the match with Michaels, because the news, it kind of broke pretty quickly, Um, and then he had the pay-per-view, and you know we you know we all know what happened there with, with with the screw job taking place, but, um, I do agree a lot with what you just said there ken they 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 cared more about getting him and stealing him from Vince than what they were going to do with him, and they didn't have a clue what to do with him, to be quite honest with you. um, he wasn't used properly, and to me like i I had held out so much hope that they would do so much with him. Um, and he would get some form of redemption because at a young age at that time, I thought it was pretty crappy that he got screwed out of you know, WWE the way he did. And to me, I, I felt that he didn't really get his just due um, going into WCW. So when he was announced that he was going to be going over there, I thought, wow, like he was a staple for them for such a long time. He was the guy after Hogan left that really held things together. Um, during his era, they may not have made a whole lot of money, but he kept them, he he was the glue that kept them together. And uh, I thought it was, you know, well, what's going to happen now? They have often, but I didn't think that was enough at the time. Um, I thought Bret Hart needed to be there. And I I, I thought the same thing you did, Ken. I thought it was all over. I thought thought Bischoff finally, finally did it to Vince by taking, you know, the heart, no pun intended, of uh, WWE
0: at that time. I, um, it, it's kind of, it, it is so ironic that, you know, it, it's great that, you know, we could talk about this today and look back on it, and that's one of your, that's one of your things, how you said, you never know who's going to come back to the WWE, you know, Bret Hart said he would never step back into the WWE again, and he did. Um, I, I, uh, what do you call it? right before the screwjob, I had wrote to Vince McMahon saying that, you know, I always wanted to meet Bret Hart, um, and, I always liked Bret Hart and whatever. Well, about a week after the pay-per-view, I got a phone call from the WWE saying, listen well, you can't meet Bret Hart. We were going to set something up for you. But how would you like two free tickets to the WWE um, in Mass Square Garden, and you'd be our guest? And I got to go down there, and, I got, and, and the main event was uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H's Degeneration X versus Undertaker and Stone Cold and Stone Cold. End up stunning everyone in the ring, including China, which was, which was a uh, pretty, um, pretty cool. But the but the like you said, the what did you watch for the week? I suggest that everybody watches the Monday Night Wars. And um, you know, like like Bret you know, he was in the N.W.O. He was out of the N.W.O. They didn't know what to do with him. And Vince said, they don't know what to do with him. Uh, Bret they'll never know what to do with the Bret the only thing they didn't know what to do with, with stars is pay them, pay them a lot of money. And just like um, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, they paid them over Sting money, which was $750,000. So, you know, Sting money, they made above Sting money. Um, but but that's, you know, that's, that's what it is. It, it, it's, it's good for television, and Bret Hart will always be the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Um, tonight's Monday Night Raw, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see the fallout of Night of Champions. Hopefully we will have, um, a match signed for, for next month. I'm also glad that I paid 9.99 for the pay-per-view, because it was like a B-plus pay-per-view. Um, but, but every, every match on the card, like I said, was pretty good. And I'm just looking forward to moving forward. Hey guys, Michael Moody died, said...
1: Yeah, condolences to uh, Michael Moody, uh, uh, Paul Bearer's son, so uh, condolences to the whole uh, Moody family. Uh, it's been, a obviously, a tragic uh, couple years for uh, the, the Moody family. Um, Where yeah, did that, he die from? Impressive. Do you guys know? I, I haven't seen. I heard that he passed away in his sleep. I did not hear uh, cause of death. Dave, did you hear anything?
2: No, I have not heard anything as of yet. I assume when... Uh... When a when an autopsy and a toxicology report you know takes place, then we'll know the results. But right now, I have not heard um, any reason why he had passed away last night. Unfortunately.
0: How about Sean O'Hare?
2: Sean o'Hare Sean O'Hare um, committed suicide. That was last oh, week. Sad, Sean
0: sad Sean, O'Hare,
2: Sean O'Hare committed suicide. He hung himself. Unfortunately.
0: Oh, it was sad. Sad. Yeah, he, he was a promising. Sad. It what it, it is. He was a promising superstar. I mean, uh, you know, another re- another person that could have been helped with the suicide um, prevention. So it's sad. It really is. But guys, gotta tell you, I love calling your show. You know that. Um, I will speak to you guys next week. Um, this is going to be like I said. We're going in. We're we're heading into tonight, and then we're going to be going on the SmackDown, and just we're going to be rolling forward to Hell in the Cell. I can't wait, and I Mike, uh, will a lot definitely talk to you guys. No problem. Thank you guys us, for my time. Give us time. a
1: buzz next week. We'll talk to you later.
0: You gotta take it easy, Dave. Have a take good time. week, guys. Bye. Thanks. Okay. You too. Thanks for
2: letting us be on your show. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad now. Everything was was so, you know, I got I got my angst out to start the show, and then, uh, you know, we talk in pay per view. It's a good pay per view, and then, you know, we hit a little Bret Hart, which is cool, and then then Mike rounds out his call with death. You know, you know what? The,
2: you know what? The interesting thing is, yesterday me taxed on Jim Duggan at a diner, and then today he gets a phone call from WWE because they just want to give him free tickets. He's he's, he's we gotta hang I, out. I, I wish I, I wish you know what? You know what? Mike should do. Mike <laughs> Ferrara should charge admission for people to go inside his brain, like like it's an amusement park ride. That's
1: like being John
2: Malkovich. Yeah, exactly. Like he would make a ton of money. He would be like a like a pop culture icon currently right now. Honestly, honest to God, he would. Like, love him to death, and I appreciate the support, <laughs> but oh, my God. Sometimes I, sometimes I need to wear a seatbelt during these phone calls, because he's just <laughs> all over the place.
1: So, guys, like, like um, you know, it comes to mind, like, crazy train. Going off oh. the rails on a crazy train. you got cool to be I mean, As a radio host, though, so Mike keeps us on our toes, because you never know, like, where, you know, he kind of gave us a little bit of warning this week, because... He posted he wanted to talk about Bret Hart. But like I said, I remember a while, a little while back that we, we were on a phone call, and and we started off talking about Monday Night Raw, and somehow by the end of the phone call, we were talking about King Kong Bundy squashing midgets. I don't know how we got there. But yeah. that's, that's going off the rails on the crazy train. But thank you, as always, Mike. We love you. Very entertaining call. And it was cool. I always enjoy talking about Bret Hart if I get the opportunity. 347 347- Eight three eight nine is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones. we got Tony on the line. Tony, how are you doing this evening? Okay, man, I've been waiting a hell of a long time here. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, so what do you got, Rich? What did you think of the pay-per-view last night?
3: I thought it was a good show. It was a solid show. It was a B. I, I could give it a B also. Uh, I thought that the tag match and the uh, U.S. title match, the you know, Seamus Cesaro, were the, were the show stealers. I thought you know, you know Seamus and Cesaro really you know, I, they really went all out and so did the so did the uh the brother teams and you know, I I am glad that they put the, the belt on the the Dust brothers, you know, I said it was about time they you know they like they finally put the the belt on them because was have been champion since the beginning of March. So, you know, it's uh, so that, those were easily probably the two best matches for me. I also like, yeah, I mean, as soon as I knew heard Roman Reigns was going to be off the pay-per-view, I, I knew they were going to do the Rollins uh, promo and then Ambrose coming in, and, and that was that was very well done too. Actually, you know, that was well done too. You know, Rollins coming in and doing the usual heel promo, uh, and then Ambrose coming in and going after him and, and that stuff. Uh, as far as the title match goes. Uh, I thought it was all right. I just thought the finish was really weak. You know, it's like I r I I didn't see it coming. It was like Rollins coming in and you know just hitting Cena with the briefcase and he was gonna catch in on him and then he and then he runs off and it's like I don't know, I just thought it was really weird but if I had to say if I had to say what they're gonna do with the cell, it, it's gotta be Ambrose and Rollins because that's 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 but that's, that, that's the that, that's the best storyline the company's got going. It's the only one with any realism to it. You know, and I'm guessing you know, I don't wanna see necessarily the just for a third pay-per-view in a row either, but, you know, I'm guessing it's going to be a lesnar this way, you know, supposedly no one can, no, you know, no one can interfere or whatever, so, you know, it's. but, you know, I just get to see, you know, it's like, I don't know what like it's like, it just seems like a matter of not if, but when, it's like, you know, like, when is seen. you know, it's like Cena's going to break Ric Flair's record, and then one of the pay-per-views is going to go up there, like, oh my God, he beat the Nature Boy, Cena's the greatest champion of all time, you know, and then they're going to just, like, you know, that, um, uh, like I said, I, I, I you know, at uh, the Divas match I thought was was a lot better than I had, I had expected. I was really I thought that Nikki Bella was going to win, you know, just because of what they're doing with this with that whole storyline. But surprisingly, uh, it's AJ won, and I I say, I, I I I like to I like to finish in that, you know, just have the Black Widow and having her um getting it back in after Paige attempting the power out of it, and she got the win, and um. Yeah, Mark Henry Rusev was more of a, it was more of a, more of an angle I think than a match. Um, you know, like I said, once you know, like I actually thought he was going to win when they had Lillian singing the national anthem. I thought, oh my God, they're actually going to have him. They might have him win this, but uh, you know, they had Rusev win. Uh, I don't know. You know, it was like having Mark Henry tap that fast, I thought was kind of eh. And you know, and of course, like you were talking about before, JPL the, uh, the comment, the commentary isn't commentary. It's just it's just nonsense. It's just bullshit yapping. It's like all the, you know, it's are the, the commentary is the worst. I don't even listen to it anymore. Even, like, when they had the, uh, the Intercontinental title match with those two characters no one's ever heard of. It's just like, I had to turn the sound off, because it was like, you know, it's like, why the hell are these two guys that no one's ever heard of on commentary? And they're not even talking about the freaking title match. It's it's just, you know, it, it, it kind of felt like WCW, you know, it's like where they would do nothing but just talk about the main angles during a match. It was just, you know, that, but I don't know, you know, Overall, it was, it, it was a lot. It was a lot better than I than uh, than I thought it would be going into
0: it. I, I,
1: I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I, th- I thought there were a lot of good moments. I totally, you know, you brought okay. up a really good point, and I'm right there with you. I, I thought that that Mark Henry tapped out way too quickly. I would have liked to have seen him stay in the hold at least a little bit longer. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, they they laid it on pretty thick early on with the national anthem and. Uh, uh, Lillian singing the National Anthem, um, you know, it, it was cool, I guess. Uh, you know, Dave and I were talking before the show as much as, um, you know, they really set it up well and you really started thinking, wow, you know, Mark Henry, it looks like he's going to win this thing. Uh, and, uh, wow, you know, it didn't take long for him to be bawling like a little baby during the National Anthem, Dave. Well, yeah, I
2: mean, it, it, you, you you set him up to be this, you know, this, this formidable Opponent towards this nonstop, you know, wrecking machine known as Rusev, and before the bell even rings, he's crying like a baby. So what's going to make you believe that he's going to beat Rusev now? To me, that just kind of totally killed killed everything and and put forward in place that Rusev was going to win. And I, I like I said, I thought it was a decent touch trying to get the anthem played so they can get you know the patriotic theme behind it, but at the same time he, he kind of, you know, ruined it when he was crying. Um, so, but the match was okay. I like the the analogy you brought up about, you know, him being in the, the, the hold a little longer. I mean, that would have made, um, that would have helped Henry more at least, you know, showing that, like, he didn't give up, but then he got in and he tapped real quick. I, I don't know if he got hurt. I was kind of curious whether he got hurt. Maybe that's why he tapped quickly, but it was a pretty short match and uh, I didn't expect a five-star classic from these two, but I I was expecting it. There was more intrigue and drama in the Jack Swagger-Rusev match at SummerSlam last month in the flag match than there was in this match. This match just kind of seemed to, it was all all build-up, and, uh, you know, the the final product just kind of fell
4: flat, to me at least.
1: And the one thing with that match, that honestly, that I wish they, they, again, you know, the commentary, keep going back to that, um, that I think could have enhanced it at least a little bit, uh, you know, Mark Henry's injury in the Olympics was a back injury. And, and I know you're going back to 96, but I, I thought, you know, they referenced his his Olympic career. Uh, you know, he brought it up. Uh, he was looking for redemption. I, I thought it would have worked for the match if they, they at least referenced the back injury, um, that, you know, he had previous back issues. Um, and, again, like helping Mark Henry out a bit, you know, maybe that kind of you know, gives a little bit more credibility okay. That why he tapped out so quickly Because he already had a bad back um, There were a lot of things that they could have done You know, commentary, decent commentary Would have helped um, But yeah, the, the crying was a bit much the, the tapping quick was You know, didn't work for me So, um, you're right, like that was one of those Matches that I think the build was Was a lot better than the match itself um, But I agree with you, Tony Right there, as far as uh, programs going on uh, You know, uh, I think Rollins and Ambrose, you know, I think the three of us right now are in agreement. That's the, that's the best thing going. Would love to see the two of them in, in a Hell in a Cell match. Um, you know, again, if I'm a betting man, I think we're going to see Cena and, and Lesnar. Although, unless the commentating was uh, hinting at it, you know, do we do we get an Ambrose and uh, Rollins in a Hell in a Cell match, and do we get that I Quit match? I mean, the one thing in common during the commentating of the brock Cena match was that Cena just won't give up. He just won't give up. Um, Was that foreshadowing? I don't know. Again, betting man, I'm betting we're going to see Cena and uh, Brock in a Hell in a Cell matchup uh, become Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I just saw on WWE.com, we're actually going to see Ambrose versus uh, Randy Orton tonight on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I saw that
3: too. I I also do know that Brock Lesnar is not at the show. So we'll see what, what, they do. what they do. With
1: that, yeah. bastard.
3: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the other match I thought was got got picked up after a while it was uh, Jericho Orton. You know, I mean, it's like I, I thought the, I thought they had a good match too. You know, the finish was kind of predictable. I mean, I thought I thought that Jericho being up on top, you know, took a little too long, and it was just like, okay, he's just going to get our KO'd, and that's going to be and that's going to be it. But I thought that they actually put on a good match. You know, I, I mean, I can see the finish coming yeah, you know, I can see the finish coming a mile away, but it was it was. Uh, I I thought the match was all right. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. You know, oh, yeah, I that, thought that was real
1: good match. Yeah. Two two veterans that know you know know their way around the the squared circle and uh yeah uh, you know, they did themselves proud in there. Yeah, I mean it's just I mean that match I got no criticisms on that match except the the finish. It just and I agree with you, Dave. I think it was more of a. A, a timing issue of of when Jericho was got to the top and, and when Randy was supposed to turn around and it just seemed uh, a, a bit disjointed. And it kind of took away from the finish because obviously if you get to the top of the of the rope and your opponent has his back turned, well, why not jump on him from there? So it just kind of, uh, it, I don't know, it just kind of, it was disjointed. I, I don't know if I, I really would say that Jericho was winded. I mean, perhaps, uh, but I, I would think it was more of a, a Timing, but that was that to me, Tony. That was the only thing that uh really took away from that match.
3: To finish me, yeah. The finish, yeah. I, I, like I say I I, I thought it did too. Yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, you know, and anyway, uh, little R.O.H. plug timing here. Uh, well, first you know, as, as it just check out the TV every week, you know, just to sign up for the ringside membership, watch the show. It's, it's great. The commentary is much better than you hear on, on from JBL or the other, you know, whatever. Uh, and Hey, anybody who's listening to this, who's in Wheeling, West Virginia, taping the TV, taping September 27th, AJ Styles versus the former Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel. It's going to be great. Wow. Yeah, That's
1: a, that a, a hell of a matchup. Thanks. Thanks. As always, thanks Tony for the call. And, uh, Roh, thanks you for the for the plug, and uh, uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you next week on uh, Monday night. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later. All right. Take it easy, brother. All right, now, as we get through this, and then again, thank you guys for the calls. And uh, the interesting thing about the end of of the pay per view last night is is that is, you know, uh, look, I get I get the people who are going to say I, I didn't like the finish. But it was one of those things that we talked on the pre-show for the pay-per-view that they painted themselves kind of into a corner. And you couldn't have seen it get squashed again, but you kind of had to have Lesnar win. And it just, there was things, you know, to me it worked. Was it the best finish? Absolutely not. Uh, Is it a finish that I want to see? No, probably not um but i think creatively it was almost you know there weren't too many things they could do and i think it worked um i think it helped which is why i think we're going to see lesnar and cena one more time it helped to make it believable that cena could at least hold his own with brock um you know i don't think brock really lost anything out of it so um i think it helped both guys um you know it just it was kind of a, a necessary finish um but what's interesting now is is where do they go um obviously cena should have a problem with rollins um and of course cena still has a problem with brock rollins and cena both want brock's title brock was brought in by the authority to take the title from cena and rollins is part of the authority and he was going to cash in on brock do we see dissension within the authority so there's a lot of Dave, as far as this, this this title picture right now and and all these guys involved, uh, a lot of moving parts going on.
2: That's the most intriguing part is the fact that you know Triple H, the, you know, and the authority, the characters, they were the ones that set up Brock Lesnar to be the guy to take out John Cena and take the title. And like you said, Rollins is with the authority. Well, did Triple H send Rollins to go send Rollins out there to go cash in, or did he send Rollins to go out there and? and, uh, you know, stop Cena from winning and having Lesnar keep the title, and then Rollins went into business for himself. That's the interesting part that I kind of hope that they expose and discuss, you know, whether it be tonight or leading up towards the next pay-per-view and the next phase into this storyline. I think that they're going to go Cena-Lesnar in the cell because of the uh, the finish from from last night's match, and I think they are going to go Ambrose and Rollins, but... I think, you know, you, you talked about creatively the the, the the scenario that they went with last night with the finish. A lot of people don't like DQ or non-finishes for a pay-per-view main event. And I would agree with them for the most part. However, creatively, WWE and their, and their creative team painted themselves in a corner by, first of all, put, putting Cena in this rematch so quickly after SummerSlam, one. And two, trying to build him up for four and a half weeks that he was, you know, a a legitimate threat towards Lesnar's title considering the beating that he the, the one sided axe whooping he took at SummerSlam from Lesnar. So I think they had no choice. They had to go that route. And I I didn't mind it. It made sense. Um but what kind of explanation will we have tonight on Raw is what I'm more curious about more than anything. This could to be quite honest with you, this could lead a couple of different ways you know, like you said, dissension between the authority and the, the Hayman-Lesnar camp, or this could lead to maybe maybe them turning on Seth Rollins, and you see Seth Rollins as a babyface. I'm um, not saying tonight, but maybe down the line, progressing, moving forward, we might see the authority turn on Seth Rollins, and, and Triple H say, well, I didn't send you out there to, to, to cash in on my champion. I sent you out there to stop John Cena from defeating my champion, and you went into business for yourself. So those are the elements of, of the storyline. I hope that get exposed or at least get touched upon uh, moving forward, because that's the most intriguing part for me um, with with Rollins being involved in the finish last
1: night. Yeah, I mean it, it's interesting because when you look at everything you know surrounding this, and, and do we get a. You know the the picture cleared up a, a bit on on Monday Night Raw. I mean, it remains to be seen. And again, we're going to see Orton versus Ambrose. Um, do we see tension between Rollins and Orton within the Authority? I mean, you know, you got Brock Lesnar. Who I guess technically is not a member of the Authority, so to speak. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna consider the Authority a, a quote unquote faction, then it, it you know it's Triple H, Stephanie, Kane. Orton and Rollins. Uh, that's your your faction. But like I said, they brought Lesnar in. Um so obviously like now now where do they go with this? Now you would think that if now if if the authority sanctioned Rollins to go down there and try to cash in, then at this point Lesnar and Heyman should have a problem with the authority. If Rollins went out on his own, then you know the authority should have a problem with with Rollins. Now does Rollins get in Orton's face tonight and say you better go take care of Ambrose? And, and uh, Orton is, yeah, but you went out on your own last night. I don't have to listen to you. Um, does does is Kane get himself involved in some way, shape, or form? And I agree with you, Dave. The one thing I'm really hoping that now, creatively speaking, this could be really cool. I, I mean, it shows. You know, it could illustrate some dissension within the authority. It could set up some different matches, some different storylines. This could be really cool. What I'm really hoping does not happen is that they just glaze over it. And I think that's entirely possible, that they could just, you know, hey, it happened last night, and creative kind of put it out there because they needed a finish in some way, shape, or form to get them out of the creative uh, corner they painted themselves into. So they just figure, hey, you know, Rollins comes down like, yeah, hey, you know, I just went on a whim. And then and Triple H says, hey, well, you know, that's let bygones be guy on, are still my guy. And everyone's cool with it. And they just move on and Lesnar's not there. And Heyman says nothing about it and just addresses John Cena. And, and they just pretend it never happened. And I, I really, really hope that that's not the way they go with it. I, I You know, I hope they don't go just with the obvious and Cena – bad mounts rollins and that's it I, I i think there's a lot of potential for some creative stuff within the authority now um and there should be um there there has to there should be ramifications there um you know really i you know they, they just glaze over this I, I to me dave and i don't know i think creative is missing a golden opportunity uh to, to do some new and interesting stuff
2: they, they are um uh, you know, if they don't expose this or or touch upon this uh, tonight. Because, uh, you know, quite frankly, you know, there's history with Lesnar and Triple H in storylines and with Heyman as well. And, you know, Heyman is Lesnar's advocate. Tony's saying that Heyman's not going to be there or Lesnar's not going to be there, but Heyman, you know, more than likely will be. So you would think that, you know, Paul Heyman's character would, would make mention of this, that, yes, his client came out, you know, the... The the loser, but is still a champion. But you know what's going on with our business deal there, Triple H, and so there's all different kinds of avenues and possibilities they can go with this. But I think that they also got to tie up some loose
0: ends too. If they want
2: to put Rollins in something completely different in the title picture, then settle his then, then you know settle his feud with with Ambrose uh, first, in my opinion. Um, maybe Ambrose will be added to this storyline in, in the sense that. He's so hell bent on getting after Rollins that he will do anything to cost him an opportunity at the title. So maybe we'll see more of Ambrose interfering in Rollins' attempts to go after the championship. Who knows? But all different kinds of possible avenues they can go with this creatively. I hope that they do go with what we just discussed. Um, but it, they they've <laughs> they've never ceased to amaze us at times, and uh, have always said, you know, have always. Uh, Know, glazed over a few obvious uh, facts in, in wrestling to, in, and insult some of the fans' intelligence.
1: Yeah, and that, that's the one thing you really don't want to see. And then, uh, you know, it's funny, I'm watching, you know, have the, the Raw pre show on and they're interviewing Miz, and <laughs> Miz Dow is standing right behind Miz and he's got a toy. Intercontinental belt, and he is mimicking awesome. everything Miz is saying, and it's it's. That's awesome. I'm not listening to it, but I I it's it's pretty funny.
2: That that's awesome. I you know it's funny, I, you know now that you bring that up. I, I mentioned this last night to you know my girlfriend and my brother while we were watching that match. He said, "Did you notice how when Miz won the match and they awarded him the belt, Sandow, who is his stunt double or, or Miz Dow, whatever you want to call him." He got down and, and positioned himself against the barricade um, the same way Miz did. Like he just won the match. Like he was involved in the match too. Like he, he, like he exuded all the energy himself to win the title. I thought that was pretty funny. And then there was a picture on Instagram of uh, of Miz holding the title and and uh, Sandow was behind him and he didn't have a belt in his hand and he just had like it was like he was holding air in the same way that Miz does. I mean he's. He's done a pretty good job at at, at making that role um, very entertaining and, and something that he hasn't been doing well at in the recent months when he's had different incarnations of characters. But this one in particular has been uh, pretty good for him, and I'm I'm kind of enjoying it.
1: And we are going to get an IC rematch tonight on Monday Night Raw as uh, you know news keeps on breaking as far as what we're going to see on Raw. And I, I did catch that, and I, I was cracking up. And that was... Again, and I don't want to go off on, on another tangent again, but like that was really what bothered me about the commentary and and uh, you know Florida Georgia line is that I, I I thought the match was good I thought it was fun I thought it was entertaining you know again and I said this before I I want better for for Sandow I think there's a lot of talent there to to be a you know quite a performer I'm not going to say Sandow is necessarily a main eventer but I, I think you know he deserves better however it's been entertaining. It's been fun. Um, I I think this heel persona works well for Miz. Uh, He's in a good spot on the card. Um, You know, again, I thought the match worked. I thought, you know, everything worked in this matchup except uh, the the commentating and the Florida State line stuff. They just didn't need that. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those things that Sandow is is providing a, a certain amount of comic relief, but he's not purely comedy. Um, which which is good. It's not absolutely ridiculous. Like as much as I, I liked um, uh, 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 Santino Marella, um, you know, I think that dude was was basically like purely comedy. Whereas I think Sandow is giving you, um, you know, he's dangerous. He's he's physically imposing. He, we all know he can go in the ring, and he's also providing some comic relief. So uh, you know, I guess, and I don't know if it was done on purpose or or by accident, but. You know, perhaps they're playing off of that spot and him rolling around on the ground, um, grabbing an imaginary belt, pretending he won. They decided to go with that. So now, uh, um, you know, he's got a toy championship belt. And, and it's funny, man, because as much as I love Ziggler, and, and you know, we only got like four minutes left, so we, we don't have enough time to go into where do you go with Ziggler. Um, and I want to see Ziggler succeed, and I love what he does, but... To be perfectly honest, after seeing that promo and Sandow uh, holding a toy championship belt, um, dare I say? I mean, mark the tape, mark it down. I kind of hope Miz holds on to the title for a little while because I kind of want to see what Sandow continues to do with this character.
2: Yeah, he's
1: uh, he's he's been very entertaining
2: in this in this, uh, this this sidekick character that he's brought. And like you said, he can go in the ring. He's capable of more. Um, I mean, I used to, I loved, you know, the intellectual savior character. I thought it drew great heat and just some of the things that he did, it was something fresh and different at the time, but for whatever reason, they, they felt the need to kind of, you know, cut his legs out from under him. But now they've kind of given him a, you know, a, a lease on life in WWE and having him be with Miz has been working. Uh, so I could just see the, 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 the entertainment factor, uh, move further along for for sandow and miz and especially with miz as champion
1: um
2: going forward
1: so anyway um as, as we go we look at monday night raw and i think for both of us i think it's safe to say we're both uh looking forward to if we you know we usually ask what are you looking forward to most on ron and maybe some uh some interesting stuff coming out of the uh title picture the wwe title picture uh any else tonight that you're really looking forward to, to seeing as far as uh, moving forward towards Hell in a Cell?
2: Any kind of follow-up with uh, Sheamus and Cesaro? I said it earlier. I'd love to see a rematch between the two of them. Maybe we'll see a rematch at the next pay-per-view. But any kind of follow-up from last night? Um, you know, it's interesting. Sheamus did a couple of media interviews today promoting tonight's Raw, and uh, he, uh, he mentioned how, how proud he was of the match that he had with Cesaro and how physically Cesaro was like, almost an equal to him in terms of, like, pound-for-pound pound toughness. So I wouldn't mind seeing the two of them go at I wouldn't mind seeing I'd love to see the two of them go at it again. Uh, physically, they just bring, you know, a, a, a stiff, tough entertainment factor to their matches, and uh, I love it. So hopefully we see some, uh, you know, follow-up from those two last from last night.
1: I would agree. I mean, I, I would love to see the two of them in, like, a real, you know, you know kind, kind of a, a bona fide program, you know? I mean – hook them up maybe in a tag match, uh, maybe have a, a, a backstage confrontation, uh, you know, I, you know, maybe Sheamus is involved in something and, and you'd have Cesaro do a run-in. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see what these two can do, you know, going forward, uh, because the match really did deliver. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what they're going to do with these guys, uh, you know, going forward in the future. I mean, you know, tonight's Raw should be interesting because, you know, as we, we come out of Night of Champions, we got to move into uh, Hell in a Cell, and we'll probably get um, at least one match mentioned, challenged, uh, brought up for uh, the upcoming Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Again, if you're a betting man, I'm thinking we're going to hear that uh, Cena and Lesnar are going to be in Hell in a Cell, but hoping that they challenge us, hope, hoping that they, they give us something different. And... uh You know, we get something much more creative, uh, creatively challenging going into uh, the next pay-per-view. But I'm figuring, you know, with 20 seconds left, Dave, we'll probably get maybe one or two matches named tonight? Yeah, I would venture to guess probably the championship match will
2: will either be announced or they'll lead to it and then possibly announce it on uh, WWE.com later this week.
1: And there you have it. We are set for Monday Night Raw for Dave. I am Ken. Have a good night.